Welcome to episode 62 of Reading Between the Reels. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're a new listener, we're so glad you found us. If you've been enjoying the show, please tell someone about us. Send a tweet, post to Facebook, write a review on your favorite podcast catcher, or just recommend the show to a friend. I'm Craig Dickinson, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, Corey Heitschmidt and Justin Eldon. How's it going, guys? It's not a video podcast. I can't see you, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Things are great. It's absolutely fantastic. Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Corey, what are we talking about today? We are talking about Creed, the new Rocky. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm very excited about this this film because I I really like this film. But I'm also just as excited because I'm going to start with you, Justin, on overall thoughts because... Justin had not seen Creed or any of the Rocky movies before this viewing. Is that that's that's correct, right, Justin? Hold up, let's let's back up here. Let's okay. I'm gonna take a step back. Last week after the episode, we were talking about upcoming episodes, and I'm like, yes. Craig, I need to watch the Rocky movies before I go into Creed. And he's like, No, Justin. I want you to stay ignorant. Don't you watch those films? I want you to, to go into it completely blind and ignorant. So I tried. I tried to educate myself, but Craig would not let no. me. Yeah, I can't help it. I, I just wanted to see what would happen. But you see how untapped that potential is? I mean, to get your viewpoints and your thoughts, Justin. Oh, no, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I, I kind of wanted to do it that way, too. So <laughs> that was fine. So, so tell us, Justin, what, what were your overall thoughts on Creed? All right. So a little background on me as well. I am not a sports person. So going into this, I already am just like, I have like an internal eye roll. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to enjoy this. And when I watch films, I typically, because I have a herd of young children, um, I typically don't watch them in one sitting. I will watch them over 20 minute segments over a week or two. Um, and this is this is no exception. I, I did that with this as well. And for the first like 30 minutes, Craig, I think I, I remember talking to you when we were at school and I was like, after I'd seen the first 30 minutes, I'm like, it's a slog. I don't think I like this movie. I'm not going to like it. I don't I don't want to finish it. Uh, and then after that, I could not stop watching it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I can't remember the last time a movie put me on the edge of my seat while watching and that's what I got during the final fight of this film. Like you are on that emotional journey with Michael B. Jordan and you see him grow and develop and change and work for it. And he feels like a very real character because he has very real um, development and like very real world problems. Uh, but at the same time, like you're happy for him because you get to see him overcome all those things. And during that that very final fight, like I said, I was on the edge of my seat because I honestly did not know. I'm like, is this the type of movie that would make him lose at the end? I didn't know which way that was going to go. And I was um, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this episode, but I had to pretend like I had to go to the bathroom in order to finish this movie. I'm like, <laughs> I got to I got to go. Uh, and then I watched the last 20 minutes. and That was probably rude of me, but I really wanted to finish it anyway. Very good movie. I liked it overall. Okay. <laughs> that's, I really, that's great. And I can't wait to yeah. dig into to some of the specifics. Corey, what about you? What are, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> I think this movie has a, as a whole, 
this is an incredible sequel or passing the torch. I'm not even sure what you say here. Is this a sequel? I mean, is it the, just the next generation of Rocky? Um, but this I think legacy uh, sequel is the term, right? Yeah, but but it's such an amazing feel. And and here's the question that I have watching this movie. This movie is a very different feel because there's a lot of silence in this movie where there's no background music and you get this awkward conversa- conversations where they're having they're they're talking and they're doing things and the sound grips or the people that do the sounds are, are focused on small things. So you don't have background music, but you have keys clinking or, or stairs are creaking or they go to grab a chair and you hear it move. And these or like the sound. sound of them spitting into that spit bucket every so often or something. Yeah. And, and things like that. And to where there's, it's a very different feel than most movies you get nowadays where there's always something in the background with music and a soundtrack, especially for something like this, where you know a soundtrack is going to be a big deal. Um, and that creates a different feel. And, but when you go watch the old Rocky movies, that's the exact same feel you have with Rocky, the first Rocky movies where you don't have all that, but then you bring in the training, the fighting, the movie, the fights, everything. And you get this incredible sounds and music to that just moves your soul in an emotional way with everything going on. And so my thought was, do people who have never seen this, and I thought of you, Justin, having never seen Rocky, do they get that same emotion and feeling that we get of the rising Rocky theme song that makes the hair stand up in the back of your head? Mm-hmm. When when he's watching Paulo Creed and Rocky super fight on YouTube and shadow boxing and you hear the old Rocky theme song and I could feel my hairs tingling on my neck, do you get that same emotion? Or do I only get it because I have the nostalgia of having watched the Rocky series all through this and that music just, you hear it and instantly your heart's back into the underdog story. Um, yeah. So there were, there were two moments in this film where I knew that like the, the scene had greater emotional significance than what I was just watching. Like there was, it was a, it was a callback to something else. It was at the beginning when, uh, Adonis is watching the fight of his father and Rocky. And then it was towards the end as he's running down the street and all the like dirt bikes and four wheelers are driving around him and stuff. Both of those scenes. I'm just like, there's something here. I think there's, I think it's supposed to be a callback and, and, and I feel, I feel emotions, but I don't know how to process them because I haven't seen the other movies, Yeah, <laughs> but, um, but, but just being a human growing up, you're you're still like vaguely aware of those iconic Rocky scenes, even never having seen the movie. I've seen it parodied so many times and referenced so many times. And um, yeah, so so to a degree, I I felt its importance, but probably not to the same degree as as you gentlemen who have seen the the previous movies. Well, and that and that's that's what I think. I think you look at the previous movies and you look at this, and it has the same grit, the same power the overcoming rising quality of this hero of this tale, this underdog story and from the same ultimate underdog movie that of all time. And so I think that's how I view this. This is a, this is an absolute perfect extension of the Rocky series. And I think hopefully Craig, this makes you, or uh, Justin, this makes you look and go back and say, I got to go watch Rocky one 
Yeah. Rocky two, Rocky three for sure. Rocky four, <laughs> Rocky five. Yeah. Rocky Balboa. Oh, oh no. So Balboa. I mean, you know what I'm just saying, Craig, you're yeah. or Justin, you're in there. You're in now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I've been friends with Craig for about, well, both of you, I guess for about five years now. And I have a little book like, well, it's a digital book, but it's like Captain America's little book where every time you guys reference a movie, I'm just like, I'll add to the list. And Rocky is on that list. Um, It was pretty far down there, but, you know, now it's further up. So it was definitely my intention to watch it at some point. I wasn't avoiding it on purpose. Uh, So, no, I'll I'll definitely watch it. Tell your wife you're going to use the bathroom. You go in there just like 20 minutes. I'll be out in two hours, honey. Two hours. Bye. Why are you, why do you look like you've been crying? That's what she's gonna say because that's a Rocky movie. That's what yeah. happens. You cry at the end of it. Well, and that's the thing too, Justin. That I love that you kind of discovered on your own that that Rocky and these movies are not they're they're boxing movies kind of, but they're it's not about boxing. You know, it's about overcoming odds. It's about father and sons most of the time, um, even whether it's a surrogate father or not. I mean, it's it's a drama just masquerading as a sports film so i think that the themes work universally whether or not like i said i'm not the biggest boxing fan i wouldn't sit and watch boxing if maybe it was on i'd watch it for a few minutes but i'm not uh, you know i like sports but i don't really care to watch boxing but i will be sucked into a rocky movie because of the story they're telling well i mean full disclosure i have played a lot of wee boxing so i'm a little bit <laughs> i'm a little bit of an expert um so, you know, as much as I don't like sports in general, I know I know a thing or two about what Adonis and Rocky went through with sure. my own personal training on the Wii. Yeah. So uh, before we jump into cinematography, I want to touch on something that Corey brought up, too, about like how you categorize this film, which I think is fascinating because it is and the easiest one to say is, yes, it's a legacy sequel, but it's also a reboot of the series. And it's also spoiler alert it's a remake as well of the original film so it's it's it definitely ca- i think it captures the spirit of the original and apparently it works on its own which is my biggest question i couldn't answer that question because i've seen the other films first so i'm, I'm glad justin that you went through that so we can kind of talk about that a little bit no I, I think it absolutely works on its own um if i didn't know there was a Rocky film, like if I was living under a rock and I just didn't know that was a thing, I think I would want a sequel because I'm like, I would know, okay, this Rocky guy, there's some, there's something more to him. He's kind of a big deal. Um, but I, I, I tried to watch with that in mind, like, okay, is this, is there any part of this that is not making sense? And I don't think so. I didn't really catch anything. I, I think the context of certain things probably would have made more sense, but I do feel like the filmmakers uh, catered to maybe a new generation that hadn't seen Rocky. Nice. I think, okay. I think that was part of their, their purpose. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's jump into cinematography. What are some uh, things, composition, color, camera work that you guys noticed and you guys can just jump in wherever. I got to I got to throw this out. Yeah. One of all the things that I looked at, there's a lot of long fluid shots and I, and there's two parts. There's the fluid shot when he's walking up to the Philly gym and he's bringing, he's, he knew Rocky said, Hey, you can, you can't go to the same gym of the guy you're going to fight. So he's bringing him to this Philly gym kind of out of the way, a little more right. rundown. They walk up the stairs and this whole camera is one long shot. There's no cutaway. 
Mm-hmm. And the movement of the camera is from behind as they're walking up. It pans in the gym and you start to see and get the setting of the gym. But you still hear them walking and talking to everybody. And then it zooms in and out and through the people like conversations to where, you know, in real life, they probably had to step back so the camera could go right by them and go to the other side of the conversation. It's this one long continuous shot. And yeah. it's absolutely stunning because it you you realize the whole room that they were in, this whole gym was the stage. You know that the whole thing is the show. It's not just this one little corner and we got this camera on this angle and it cuts away to this conversation and we see it going back and forth. Every one of these guys is doing this little part and Sylvester Stone walks off to go get some coffee and it's very real feeling. It's a different view than you get in most shows because you get the cutaways of the conversations back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And that's a real you said that that's, You that's said the there were two. Too. And then the second one, they did the exact same thing in his first bout is a two round full continuous shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I picked up on that one. I was, I was hoping you wouldn't mention it so I could and, sound and cool. So I looked that up because it was so incredible. And I thought, this is one shot. This is one thing that's taking place. And found out that that was shot 13 times, and the 11th one is the one they used in the movie. Oh, jeez. It's almost – you think about how much they had to do for that one thing. Yeah. All the moves that had to be choreographed and everything to to where the camera goes in, to them making little comments and smirks back and forth, and then zoops back, and then all of a sudden we're back into the fight. Where the well, the, boxers the thing that would amaze me camera. too is is the, the punches. Those punches looked very real, and to do that in a single shot – over and over and i actually i would rewind or like i said we don't use film anymore but like i would go backwards um to watch that scene over and over and i was trying to figure out because he gets he gets cut right above his his eyebrow and i couldn't figure out maybe someone can explain this to me how did they do that in a single shot (laughs) how do they like make a cut appear like that and it must have I can only think either one, that's a real cut or two, he steps back. And one of the shots where it zooms in on Leo, the lion, you know, and he's talking and making smirks and hitting his gloves, you know, getting ready. Yeah. He must step back and some makeup artist must be right there and slaps. (laughs) Some guys runs in and just (laughs) slaps it on. All right, here you go. Here's the next part. Okay. So, so, yeah, I wanted to clarify this. So we were talking about the Sperino fight. So the first official fight, not the yes. fight in Tijuana, because those are shot very no. differently. No. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, both, both very interesting because I had the, a lot of that stuff too. You had the the first the first fight in Tijuana. It's like the camera's down below, just kind of watching through, like you're kind of watching it as if you're a spectator through the ropes, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that Sperino fight where it's just the camera's in there and it's moving around and it it feels like like you're in an Oculus game. Like it just keeps moving. You're right in there and it's just moving around. And that's much more modern than like in the Rocky films. Rocky films are typically just shot kind of, uh, kind of high angle, which you get a lot more like in the, in the final fight with, with Conlon. But that one was super immersive, which was, which is pretty great. Yeah. When that final fight was coming up, I'm just like, Ooh, I wonder if they're going to do this in a single shot again, but I guess they didn't. What? So, okay. I didn't do my research apparently, but was that, uh, First fight, was that actually done in one shot or was it some movie magic to make it look like one shot? Oh, no, Corey, I guess you said well, they did it 13 times. I, I looked it up and on Am- Amazon does the the little x-ray. Oh, yeah, the x-ray. Oh, yeah, I love that. And it even said that. It said it was one. The cinematographer made that one long continuous shot and that was planned. And that's what they that's wanted fantastic. To do. And 
and it took 13 attempts to get that film. They did 13 times, and the 11th one was the one that made the cut. But nice. they emphasized that it was not – there were no – they they've been told there's a trick here like you pan away and you stop the camera and you re- restart. Nope, there was no stopping yeah. or starting anywhere. Yeah, because there's a couple films that that try and pull that off. Um, it's a World War One film, 1917. 1917. They try and pull that off and make it look like one shot, but you can kind of tell. There's every once in a while they'll go down a dark alley, and you can tell. Okay, that's when they stopped and they they picked it back up, or you know whatever it may be. But yeah, th- that whole scene, I just kept looking. Okay, where are they cutting? Where are they cutting? They never did. So yeah, that's yeah, super impressive. Great. I did want to point out too. We mentioned the fight. He's watching the YouTube fight. Um, and uh, that he's can he steps in front of of Rocky there and it, like he's fighting his dad. I thought was an was an amazing shot. And there's so much great metaphor in that as well. That like he's fighting with his own legacy and he's fight, kind of fighting with how he feels about his dad. Just just a great shot there. And you also see a similar shot uh, when he's in the restaurant when he's in Adrian's and they're kind of standing. You know, Rocky's on one side. There's like a there's like a triangle. Uh, Rocky's on the left, Adonis is on the right, and then Rocky's on the left in the picture as well. And Apollo's on the right in the background in the shot of, of in the, the photograph of them fighting. So just a couple of nice parallels that were, you know, very much like they're echoing things. Triangles are important, Craig. Yes. I've heard that before. <laughs> I also really like the mirror boxing at when, he, when he's at the Front Street gym and when he's fighting himself. Again, metaphorically, like he's, this is a you know, personal internal struggle. So which are always the most, you know, those character versus self conflicts are always the most interesting. I I couldn't help but laugh during that scene because it reminded me of that Pixar short where that old man is playing himself in chess. <laughs> <laughs> See, it kind of took me out of the moment. Text connection, though, Justin. That's that's what our kids are supposed to, our students are supposed to do. This reminds yeah. me of. Um, anything else in in uh, cinematography you guys wanted to to point out? I think I may have one or two more, but. Um, there was a part now I'm trying, I thought it was in the first fight, but now that I think about it, it was not. Um, I believe it was when he first got in the ring and he kind of wanted to prove himself and he's just like, I got this, you know, I'm self-trained, but I can do it. Uh, and he kind of gets the crap beaten out of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, he gets hit to the ground and the camera falls with him. Yeah. Like, I don't know if the cameraman just like threw himself down, but it was very unexpected and like visually violent and and as a as a viewer you very you very much felt like oh that hurt oh that was uh very like abrasive and shocking it it was it was nice and it's nice that it wasn't overdone so that moment felt stronger like i I believe that's the only time they do that in the film everything else is pretty pretty fluid yeah we talked about that when we did knives out that there's a very similar shot when chris evans attacks in adarmus and they both kind of fall to the ground and the camera moves with them this is mm-hmm. much more violent than that too. And then right after that, I, cause I had that, I'm glad you brought that up right after that. They have from his point of view, there's a Dutch angle where he's kind of sideways, you know, at a 45 degree, angle, looking up at the guy that, that clocked him. And it's again, super immersive in, in some of these fights. You really do feel and hear like, we'll get to the, we'll get to the hearing in a second. Did, did you notice the cameras in the final fight? The big, the big match at the end where the cameras are right there in the corner as they're boxing. And mm-hmm. because yeah. it's a televised fight, it's an HBO fight, you know, right. and we would be watching, you know, a uh, pay-per-view or something. And so they have these cameras right there. But in my head, 
I noticed the camera and my first instinct was, oh my gosh, that's a movie mistake. How they leave that out. But then I forget because <laughs> you're so in the story. Right. And then you forget and you go, oh my gosh, this is a televised fight, you know, in yeah. the real world. And there would be cameras everywhere, obviously, right there in the action because these guys are filming the show. Yeah. What a great way to get coverage. But wait, but what? It's a great way to kind of slip in a camera and not have yeah. to worry about all that scrubbing they have to do at the end. But you can film these great angles and cutaways that they're going to have nice. to do for the for the actual yeah. movie making. That's good cash. All right. Sound. I already kind of alluded to the sound. So I'm going to just jump in with the first one was in that first fight where he's fighting stuntman Wheeler. When he gets hit in the head, you have this kind of muffled echoey sound, which it kind of gets your feeling what Donnie's feeling. And I, I just love that. I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh, and there's one other one I wanted to talk about too. When, when the first, he's getting the, the referee is explaining the rules to him when he, before he fights Leo and as he's talking, it kind of fades out. And then you see like Donnie's kind of just tuning out. And then he freaks out. And that's the part where he's like, yeah, I got my gloves off. Because he had to take crap. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you can feel him freaking out because we're like, "What? I'm disoriented too. So I just I love that when filmmakers do that. Really, he just wanted to finish a movie. That's that's really what <laughs> was happening in that scene. Take my gloves off. I got to finish a movie. I think... I think Craig, you hit it really on the head because they, this movie has so many different things, the hits, the emotion to where you have to bring the audience and build the pressure of what's being done on screen. You know, that emotion of him instantly having to go to the bathroom after his gloves are all ready and freaking out. And I think the sound for this in the fights really does it in the, in the first fight he does where he's fighting the guy who was 31 and 0 after he said, hit me in the head guys, you know, and, that guy's fighting him and he starts to hit him in the, the ribs a couple times and the head a couple times. And you can hear kind of in the background, a full, it's almost the, what I thought of it was the force awakens when Kylo Ren is interrogating Ray and you hear the force pressure, mm -hmm. you know, the mm -hmm. sound. And I felt like they use that same type of sound as he gets hit in the ribs and you hear that kind of building the pain of it and the pressure of it in the match that, Ooh, that hurt because there's that sound buzzing in the background where he gets hit in the head and it gets louder. And so you kind of see it building as a fighter would get weakened throughout that fight. So it was, it was really interesting. And I thought that's a great sound effect to do that other than just the gloves and the sound that they were constantly doing is to build that emotion and pressure of a fighter without having to just have a punch sound or a hit or a, you know, the, the breathing heavy sounds, but right. So I, I think they do such a great job of without soundtrack sometimes without music to still build a scene. Yeah, I think, okay. So I've been watching a lot of Steven Seagal movies recently because they're terrible and I hate them and Did it's great. Steven Seagal. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Yeah. Okay. There's a point here somewhere. Okay. There's a point. Give me a second. Um, and if you really want to appreciate the sound in this movie, watch a Steven Seagal movie right before and just compare the punch noises because the punch noises in like a Steven Seagal movie sound like a seven-year-old playing with its action figures. It's like, pew, 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 pew. Um, but this one, they sound, I, they sound fantastic. Yep, they yep. sound like they hurt. And, it's it it we keep using this word but it's like it's very immersive 
because every single one of those blows lands and they sound different based on where they're hitting. It's not just like the same generic sound every single time. Kind of like what Corey mentioned, but yeah, yeah it's, you almost got to watch a bad movie first and then you're like, Oh yeah, this is, this is what good, good art is. Yeah. You know, if you ever ran a script for the show and you thought we're going to talk about Rocky, we're going to talk about Creed. You would never think that in this, in the script of a podcast, Steven Seagal's name would be slipped in with the same, names that we've been saying so i, I that's a great, well it's a great insight justin because you absolutely do nail that on the head well with things like chat gpt coming out and that's really coming for our jobs i gotta randomize it a little bit you know so that way the ai doesn't take over yeah so, ai would throw that out they're not no. for that yet nope. that's how we know it's authentic um there's also another good speaking of sound too there's another one where at the end the last fight where he gets knocked down and then it's silent and then it comes roaring back up when he's when he kind of wakes up. Yeah, just jumps off the mat. Just another just fires us up, man. That I was my court. very next comment. I'm pointing yeah. at it because I'm like, I what well, was my next thing I was going to talk about and yeah. how long that sound went. Yeah, that was a good 10, 12 second fall. He does. And the and the loudness of the fight as it was going in this building up and this emotion, this energy. And then all of a sudden he gets hit in the head and instantly silent. And that. Mm, slow motion sound going down for 10, 12 seconds. Amazing. All right. So the music of this film, I have to first off say that there, there's a new song for this film. It's it's called the Creed suite. It's his theme song. You hear it throughout leitmotif. And I could have sworn I had to look it up. I was like, that's a Rocky song. It's not. It's 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 new. It's Ludwig Gordonson's. But I swear, it's I could have sworn it was Bill Conti from the original film because it sounds like from the late seventies. It's such a good song. I was so impressed with that. I mean, you do get little quotes to the Rocky music here and there. We talked about, of course, the Rocky theme when you know right right at the very end, where you hear the horns and Justin, you'll know when you see Rocky. Like why that's such an important thing. But yeah, the hair stands up on your arms and you're just like, I'm ready to run through a wall when I hear that. It's amazing. I don't need to see the movie. I I, I grew up in America. I know what it, I, I get it. I've heard it. I'm ready to run through a wall. But you know what, Craig? There's no better way to say it. That's true. You hear the Rocky theme song and you're like, I'm going to do one arm pushups. I'm going to yep. go find a chicken to catch and I'm going to run through the wall. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're feeling all motivated as I'm sitting there, like eating a donut and having my monster energy drink. Like, I got this. Oh, man. I'm so ready to sports my way through life. Yeah. Um, Well, this is, I got to say, too, I think I mentioned this when we talked about Mandalorian. Matt and I talked about. So Ludwig Gorenson does the music for this and, of course, did it for for Black Panther. And that's probably what he's known for most. And then, of course, then the Mandalorian. And I remember the first episode of the Mandalorian I watched. And he has a. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when he's riding the blurg, him, him and uh, what's the short guy? I can't remember his name right now. I've spoken. I can't remember Grogu. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Ugnaught guy. And I, uh, Keel, uh, Queel, rather. Uh, and they're riding across the desert trying to go to where Grogu's going to be. The, the one section of the Mandalorian theme comes in and it sounds like Rocky. Like with the horns and everything. And I was just like, wow, that sounds like Rocky. And then I did some research. I was like, oh, because this guy did, you know, he had previously done Creed and had incorporated those. So it made sense now that we had kind of had that, the DNA of that music in there. But yeah, I love the the soundtrack for this film was amazing. You got some good, 
some good diegetic music mixed in as well. Um, you know, Bianca sings and which is interesting. Um, we'll get to, we get to characters. This is by far and away my favorite movie of her. Like this is like one of the few times I actually like her acting. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, you got, you know, you got the roots, which is cool. I mean, they're from Philly too. And, and when, when he first comes, when, when Donnie first comes to Philadelphia and, and Nas is bridging the gap during the training montage with the chicken, which is a great callback to Rocky two. I love Rocky's <laughs> got the chickens must be slower. Um, just some fun things. I, yeah. <laughs> and yes, the, the running down the street, uh, with the motorcycles, uh, it's called if I fight you fight, um, which is, yeah. that's a great track, which reincorporates the, the, the creed suite. But yeah, that's very much the going to fly now you know, from Rocky one in the gray sweatsuit that Rocky did too. Rocky, yeah. It was a similar, it's a, a little Easter egg throwing it back. Same street, yep. same sweatsuit. And same then kind of thing. So and did anybody wait, same, same street. I don't know if it was the same. Was it this? Well, he ran through it the whole city like and on the docks the and everything too. Street. Yeah. He's I, running through. I thought it was like up the yeah. stairs of something. Well, that happens that, too. But it was at the end where they're running up the, the steps. And when he's oh, looking right. at Rocky yeah. in the window and, and there's no words yeah. being exchanged, but you can tell nope. what they're saying. And, and, you know, like that song title, if I fight, you fight kind of going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I teared up there. I'm not going to lie. Rocky, yeah. well, Rocky and Creed both make me cry in several moments of the movie. And I know I cannot be the only person. No. Anything else sound wise? Um, there's some great just documentary vocal sounds like voiceover stuff in this that uh, does some- the sound grips of everything that they do. That's the part that just gets me is stuff yeah. in the background in the gyms. It's always, there's little noises that are going on and they, they slip in the background and you don't necessarily notice them unless you pay attention. But I think nowadays when you don't have so much soundtrack and you don't do that, it's a risk because it can be king. It can feel boring. It's, it's the same thing. Like if you watched a, a sitcom friends or, Seinfeld, and you don't have the laugh track, how different those shows would feel. Yeah. So if you right. don't have music in the background all the time in some shows, how different this would feel. And this movie, to be able to pull that underdog feeling off and get you so locked into the story without that all the time. I mean, it does have an amazing soundtrack and they do it right, but they also have long spots where they don't. And it's amazing. Well, I think I've noticed in more modern movies uh, the music plays a much larger role in terms of, hey, audience, this is what you're supposed to feel. Let me play some sad music. And and that, that that's in a good way. Like, it can enhance the emotional feel of a movie. But this one, I think, like, every other aspect is so good that silence in a lot of these situations says a lot more than the music ever could. Yes. Because it's just it's letting you feel it. It's very raw. And I, I don't ever... I don't think I ever noticed a time where I'm like, oh, there should be music here to tell me how I'm feeling um, or what I'm supposed to be feeling. Like it was, it was just obvious by what was happening. You know, he got knocked down or he's taken punch after punch or whatever, whatever it is. Like you're feeling that regardless of the soundtrack. Yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, slide down to performance. And uh, I think straight across all the board, everybody's very solid in this one. And this is a one that, you know, Stallone gets nominated for best supporting actor for this. And Oh my goodness. Win, unfortunately, yeah. but he's so good. I, and I looked at the other nominees and I was just like, I don't think I saw those movies. So I can't really say, but I think he should have won. That's all. I'm, <laughs> I'm biased. It, he, yes. he was amazing. Like it, 
in my mind, there are two different Stallones. There's like young Stallone and old Stallone. And mm-hmm. at some point, maybe it was around uh, like Spy Kids 4, possibly, mm-hmm. where I think, uh, or maybe it was Spy Kids 3, where like, I think he just kind of phones it in for a couple decades in his movies. Like old Stallone, I don't think I've seen him in a good movie. I mean, you look at like Expendables and... Uh, Love those films. I mean, yeah, but they're... No, they're totally trash, but I love them. They're trash. They're, I mean, wasn't Steven Seagal in one of those movies? Oh. That's the second. Been, yeah. Maybe. Someone's going to correct know. me on that. Jean-Claude's in one. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Anyway. Old old Stallone, I feel like, has phoned it in for a long time. And I was expecting him to do it this time. And he absolutely did not. Oh, my goodness. he's He is fantastic in this film. Yeah. Stallone, there there is no... He embodies the Rocky spirit, and he only he could ever pull off any of these Rocky cameos or to do these things. And and the way he comes in, where he's now the new Mickey, this is him in the you know later generation. He still has his drawl, and he still has his his little quips and things that Rocky does. It's amazing that yeah. that level of acting. He should have won whatever he got nominated, Best Supporting Actor. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. But this yeah, film is also shadowed with talent from top to bottom of yeah. these actors. And even the boxers they bring in that are real life actual boxers, you know, sometimes pretty you good. do that and you roll the dice as to whether they're going to be a good actor. They did a great job playing those roles and doing those those amazing, I mean, just comments and things to keep it going. And so it, it doesn't detract from it. And, and, and I will say, on the slide scale of acting that this is the, this is one of the only film series where I really love Michael B. Jordan. I'm not his biggest fan in black (gasps) Panther because you know why I love him in Creed. Absolutely love him in Creed because he's the hero and he does such a great job of being this hero and rising. I hate to see him as a villain in black. Oh, see, I don't. And it, I never liked him in Black Panther, but I love him in Creed. Love him in Creed. I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I, yeah. In in Black Panther, he's too distracting. He's too <laughs> just dis- destroy everything. Oh, and here you. Go. Oh no, but he's got such a good cause. It's like you feel for the kid. And, you feel uh, for him. No, but then you get him in Creed and you feel for him because then he says, "I gotta prove I'm not a mistake," and I gotta. Oh ride. yeah, and he's gotta prove oh, that same oh, thing in Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so then uh, well, you're like, I've got it, Michael B. Jordan. I'll I'll run through the wall with you. But in Black <laughs> Panther, I'm like, oh gosh, someone take him out. Someone take him. You know what? Our our mutual good friend, Braden Smith, hates me for this. But here's a crazy conspiracy theory: Creed is a prequel to the MCU. <laughs> See, this guy in here is Killmonger before he joins the military, and you also got Valkyrie. You didn't know that they were in love previous to, you know, Thor and, and Black Panther. Um, this is really an origin story, Corey. So if you hate if you hate Black Panther, you hate Creed. Sorry. <laughs> also, I just Googled it. Steven Seagal is not in the Expendables, yeah. so I'm sorry. Well, yeah, anyone's no, Stallone's in Guardians too, so we got some issues. No, but <gasps> this is Wait, to be Jordan. I can work with that. Okay. So <laughs> Gore, you stole one of my lines. So that's a good transition, though, um, of, of best dialogue. The, the proof he's not a mistake line is so good. You stole um, one of mine coming up. So that's that's, okay. that's totally fine. So let's talk about favorite lines. Just pick one. Is there any any 
favorite lines of dialogue from this film because there's a lot of great stuff in here, motivational stuff and whatever. I can't pick one, Craig. I have to pick two, but I'm gonna give, okay. I'll give you one to start, and then I'll throw in okay. another one for free later. Okay. What do you got? My my quote that I absolutely love, and this is where the wisdom of this Rocky and Creed stuff comes in, is the beauty of a Rocky series and a Creed series is the wisdom of the training that you get. You get that Mickey throwing lines at Rock that are beyond boxing, and you get Rocky throwing it at Creed that are beyond boxing. When he tells him, you you see this guy staring back at you, that's your toughest opponent. I believe that's true in the ring, and I think that's true in life. And so you're watching this movie, and even though I'm not training, I'm sitting here with a bag of popcorn and, and drinking a soda watching this, mm-hmm. I feel that same thing. Oh, gosh, dang it. Yeah, we're right there together, Creed. You know, like – this is true in life. You're tough. I'm going to run through the wall. The guy in the mirror that you're looking at. And every move you make, you see from the opposite side, you got to duck and move. And, and so it, and so I think that's the, the beauty of this show is the wisdom that you get behind some of this. It's not just, okay, you got to punch this bag for 30 minutes and you got to do the jump rope for, for five minutes. And, you know, and we watch, we're basically just watching a guy working out all the time. Yeah. But when the Rocky and Creed movies get there, you're watching a guy who's working out all the time to develop and build this lifelong thing of digging in one step, one foot, one punch, one round at a time. So yep. that's why – that's my quote. There you go. That's what I think. Uh, Justin? Um, I'm trying not to be salty about this. Maybe this is because of the day I had with our students, Craig. But <laughs> – and I know students listen to this, so this is a – this is a moment for you guys. Yeah. Uh, Rocky says to Adonis, he says, as long as you're talking, you're not listening. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I had, I had that one too. I've yep. posted that on my wall in my classroom. Yeah. That was going to be mine. So I'm going to use a different one. Uh, it's it's earlier in the film when, when uh, Donnie finds Rocky at the restaurant and, and asks him why he stopped fighting. Or how, and he says, time, you know, it takes everybody out. It's undefeated. That and was my second line. I was the older use. I get. Yeah. The more that's true. And, you know, when there's professional athletes that are playing <laughs> into their forties, I'm like, how? how, how do you guys do that? Even Tom Brady retires. Don, yeah. Even Tom Brady has even to Michael stop. Michael Jordan point. retires. Even LeBron James is going to retire someday. Yeah. It's just time takes everybody out. Yeah. That is such a great. That is such a great line. That was the second one I was going to throw in for free, Craig, but you took it. Let's end with a happy one. That one, that one's depressing. So, um, I, I also enjoy the part where he's uh, he's giving him advice on how to fight, and then he writes all those things down, and then he takes a picture of it with his phone. <laughs> <laughs> he says, so "What if you do, what are you going to lose lose that thing or it breaks?" He says, "It's already up in the cloud." He looks around. What cloud? What cloud? What cloud? Which in 2015 would have like been much more of a still pretty new yeah 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 uh i do like the line chickens are getting slower (laughs) i love that one so yeah fun fact rocky when this came out i watched this when i was in sixth grade or fifth grade i lived on a farm and me and my cousin we i remember we all watched rocky and and so we talked about because we had chickens and uh they were Mm -hmm. my neighbor's chickens actually and uh we said hey you think we can catch chickens rocky was catching chickens you know, could that be so difficult? So we went and got my neighbor's chickens out of the coop and threw them outside. And sure enough, we were chasing them around trying to catch them. And I'm going to tell you, chickens are not that hard to catch. And <laughs> we never saw the chickens again. <laughs> they, it, no, they were not. 
much. And and I was a little shocked by it. I was like, what are you talking about, Rocky? This is building footwork? And the ones in Creed, they were in like a dog pen. They were all pinned up. And yeah, like, come on, Creed. That's easy to catch. Should not have taken 30 seconds. Yeah, young Corey could do it. Young Corey could have caught those things in 15 seconds. Huh. All right. Um Let's talk about the body language, facial expressions. Uh, my first one that I really, really liked was when when Marianne comes to the to Juvie and to pick up Adonis, and she's he says something like, "Are you from a group home?" And the way that she takes offense and just leans back, "I'm not from a group home," was amazing. She was so <laughs> offended at that. It's like you don't have no idea what you're being offered. Uh, but my my favorite one, honestly, is is in the the first fight, the actual first fight in Tijuana, where he knocks that guy down and starts taking his gloves off before the fight is called. Because he knew. That's the level of cockiness he had at the beginning of that film. Yeah. Yeah, he gets real humble there towards the end. I I just think overall, um, Michael B. Jordan, he's not a very expressive person. Like he almost always has like a like an angry face. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost like levels of angry face and he does a really good job of express for having such a small range of emotion. He sure expresses a lot in that small range. Um, I think the only time he smiled was when he was in that hotel room and um, what's Bianca? the girl's name? Yeah. Uh, like knocks on the door and he like says, come in and he like smiles and I'm like, Oh, his teeth. I don't think I've seen those before. Um, <laughs> but it almost makes it more, worthwhile that you never get to see that because you're like, Oh, this is like genuine joy. He's, he's happy that she's back in his life. And so he, he just does a good job of like portraying emotions, even though you can, he's got like a determined face almost that entire time. Yeah. There are a couple exceptions though. I I was thinking of, uh, first off that I'm going to mention Rocky's first when he finds out that he's got cancer and they're giving him the, the treatment options and the way he says, my wife tried that and he kind of whispers it and you can kind of see him squirming, which we've never seen him anything like that at all. Like he's always been confident, even in like the first Rocky movie when he's just a, you know, he's kind of a bum, but he's still kind of confident in what he's doing. And there you, we've never seen him that week. And then you also see, you know, Donnie, when he, uh, Rocky tells him he has to forgive Apollo because there's nothing else he can do. And you see him get teary is one of the best pieces of acting that, that Michael B. Jordan does in this film. You do see him actually kind of the facade drops. I think you're, you know, that character stuff close up like that. When you see those facial expressions and those, the tears, those are real. And that emotion, you know, that to get a close up camera view that close on a big theater screen. I mean, you can't hide, makeup that well you can't hide things like that that well they they do such a great job of those close-up work like that and making it look real and authentic and to do that so yeah. i love the way stallone looks in this movie just kind of grisly and uh you know he, there's a several shots that stand out to me from behind him with his hair that look Look like a guy that needs a haircut. It does not look neat and trim like you'd, you'd expect Hollywood people to have. And, and, you know, and they put on a hair and makeup and they, you know, you, you get everything all done up. Well, no, he just looks like a regular guy right off the street who's, you know, two weeks overdue for a haircut. He hasn't got one and his, his neck needs shaved. And 
and the hair's not just a retired old dude. Straight. Like he took a nap yeah. and woke up and doggone it, his hair's not playing straight. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, he has several of those scenes where you're, you go, goodness gracious, this is, you know, he's a guy who's living down and where he's at in the setting. Yeah. Yeah. Still wearing the same hat though. Love that. Yeah. You know, still got the same hat and seeing him wearing glasses is a little trippy too, before he's like, this is a different you know, evolution of he's getting old. Yeah. And then, you know, to go back to like to seeing him weak when like when he's taking when he's doing the chemo and his, his hair's getting thin and like his eyebrows are barely there too is it's pretty jarring. Yeah, for such like a uh, ripped old man, he he looks very weak when he's going through that chemo. Like he yeah. can still portray that very well. Yeah. Uh, but as far as um, other costume things, I mean, the flag shorts was such a great touch that like, we get that call back to into Apollo and, and, you know, the, the, the striped shorts that, uh, the Donnie's mom sends him and, uh, the, the eye at the end, you know, what really was, took me out of it with those too. striped shorts. What's that? So the, those striped shorts, he gets them and it's a surprise, but then his gloves and his little coat thingy <laughs> and everything else matches. It's like, it was a surprise. How, how are we all color coordinated all of a sudden? Doesn't add up. Mm-mm doesn't hold water maybe it was just gonna have blue mm. shorts or red shorts yeah oh so that was already their color scheme yeah mm. that's what i'm yeah. going with yeah but as all i right. said his eye that's all swollen at the end man that's some good makeup too oh that whole oh, yeah. that whole part too i love that when he's like tell me how many fingers i got up and the guy's tapping <laughs> the back of his head four <laughs> two well i don't even know how that guy believes him like there's no way he's seen well, out could, of that would, eye speaking of body language you could see the ref is like yeah, all right like he's, I don't think he yeah, fully he does. He looks up at the manager, and you can tell he's thinking, "Yeah, okay, I know you guys." Yeah. Do it. <laughs> he can't see out of that. I don't know how he would have thought one eyed, seeing the punches coming from the left. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything else and for? for I, I do ahead, have Corey. to ask with that makeup though, Craig, because this was always the thing about Rocky was, and I've watched a few boxing fights and things, you know. They never get to the level of Rocky punching where they stand there and just trade blows like that. Like just swipe, 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 you know, and take yeah. seven, eight punches in a row without someone dying right there or falling. And so I always thought, would you see an actual boxing match get that far? Would they really look at that eye? Is that is there ever been a boxing match in history that that eye has been that swollen shut and they continued for another couple rounds or – that's because a good question. I, I don't know. I don't think people can actually take that amount of physical abuse. I don't know if that's yeah. The possible. Called it. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I, I didn't know where to put this, but what really took me out of the film, and I, I don't like it when movies do this, is it's every time they introduced a new boxer, it like paused and then put the stats up on the screen of that, that boxer. I oh, that I hate so that. I feel like it's. No, I feel like it's lazy. I'm like, no, like, uh, what do we, what do we say to the student? Like, uh, I guess show me, don't show, not tell, but I guess you are really showing in that scene. So that doesn't apply, but, um, (laughs) like, I liked it. No, tell me through dialogue, how great this fighter is. Don't just put stats up on the screen. Or if you're going to put stats up on the screen, do what he was doing when he was like, preparing for his fight and he had his tablet and he was like watching YouTube videos, like show it to me through a YouTube video, but don't stop the film and take me out of the film to, to put stats up. I've See, that would like add it. 
10 extra minutes to a two hour movie already. See, I, I thought it was great because there was the payoff. Like you get it from Stuntman Wheeler and then you get it from Sprino and then you get it for Conlon and you're like, oh crap, this guy's 36 and 0, 28 knockouts. So they don't have to, t- and then they kind of do tell you that in the, like Jim Lampley says it right after that. So I see what you're saying, but it, like to me, it, the moment was like, yeah, you've fought some guys before and like one guy kicked your butt and then this other guy was pretty good and you took him down. But now this is a whole other level immediately. You but you could have the- characters building that and building that person up. I don't need a stat block like I'm playing Street Fighter. At I first, I felt that same way, Justin, because I thought, why Why would you just throw that up there? It's like, am I watching a documentary? Just throw his baseball card. You know, it's a baseball card feel up there and throw his stats. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to just move on with the movie. But then I thought about it. And the way that Craig just said it right there is exactly why. Because then in the movie, you're almost an expert in this world now because you just said, oh, man, this guy's 36 and 0 and he's never lost. And he was a fourth fourth alternate on the Olympic team. So it's almost like you threw out baseball. You know, you're, you're an expert in the stats and you threw it out there as if you were standing next to a, Adonis and you could have just introduced him and said, hey, here's, you know, Leo Lyon. And he's, you know, 27, 17 and 0. You know, it's like you can throw out the stats. And so it makes the audience member feel like they're part of this world. Like, oh, that guy's a good guy. He's really. But you could just have an audience member just whisper over and be like, oh, the guy's 27 and 0. I whispered <laughs> yeah. to the other side of the mic, so I don't know. Well, if Rocky could have introduced him and said, hey, look at over here. This is Leo. He's 17 and 0. <laughs> yeah, boom. Okay. Done. Yeah. Okay. So we're running a little long on time. So we're going to skip down to, to setting and design. And the main thing. Uh, with this is that a lot of it's filmed on location, which is awesome. So the main fight is at Goodison Park. It's actually there. There's a hundred thousand people watching that. Uh, most of it's in Philly, which is great. We, you know, Corey, you mentioned the the Front Street gym, and that's an actual gym, which is yeah. awesome. That's why it feels so authentic. Um, I mean, there's even Adrian's restaurant is another. It's not actually Adrian's, um, but it's an actual restaurant that they're filmed there. So you have this level of of realism. Uh, verisimilitude if you will uh because of where you're filming these things and like i just thought that was fantastic that they would you know make those choices so that we be again it kind of immersed into that real world feel even though this is it's kind of a fantasy but it also has it feels like a real drama uh but i wanted to say too that after seeing rocky that mighty mix looks weird all cleaned up i mean that's the way it would be you know, because it's the famous gym where Rocky trained, but I mean, it was such a rundown, just hole in the wall place in the original film that it's a little, it's a little jarring just to see it all kind of polished up in modern. I did like the, the original Rocky poster in the background Yeah, where they, they had it right behind the ring and it wasn't so obvious, but it, you know, the, you see it back there. It's that original Rocky poster with him on the, it was that Rocky one or Rocky two, that poster, but I think it was yeah. Rocky. Yeah. Uh, as far as props go, I really want that Philly steak sandwich. That looked it delicious. Good, doesn't it? Man. Uh, <laughs> you got Rocky's rubber ball again. He's got the hat and the rubber ball. Uh, my favorite prop though, is the fact that Rocky has a landline for a phone, uh, that is apparently listed. <laughs> and it actually makes sense that Rocky would not be, he wouldn't be worried about his phone being listed because Tommy holiday, Ricky Collins manager finds him like no problem. He just like looks him up in the phone book, calls him up on the phone. Yeah. Come to England, uh, let's fight. I like the turtle. The turtle's a nice touch that Rocky yeah. still has a turtle having gone to the pet store all the time to try and flirt with Adrian. It was yeah. 
a nice Cuffin link. throwback to having the turtle. Well, those are Stallone's actual turtles. I think so. Yeah. I, I don't know what any of you are talking about. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll have to report back. Um, characters. Uh, I mentioned earlier, this is like the one movie I like Tessa Thompson in. I guess I like her in both Creed movies. She's, I think she's, this is the most likable that she's ever been. She kind of just, she's annoying in, as Valkyrie to me. And I don't like her at all in Men in Black International. I don't know how many other things I've seen her in, but a few other things, but. I, I like her just fine in this. See, I'm the opposite. I liked her in Men in Black, and I liked her in Ragnarok. Yeah, but I like her in this a lot. I think you know she's, what I, you know what I like about her character and here. how they wrote her in this story is that she was not just a love interest or a girlfriend for Creed. She is someone who is also his girlfriend, but has a career on the side and is trying to pursue her own dreams aside from him. Yeah, and so I think I think it's a nice way to portray that. She's not just, you know, she's not just eye candy sitting on the side in the side of the ring. Oh, my gosh. Sure. Man, fight, fight. Yeah. You know, she's also doing her own thing, which which is which is a great way to portray that we, you know, even though you're partnered together, you also have a separate life that you have to pursue your yeah. own goals. And she's got a character arc with, you know, with the, the deafness that she's the hearing loss that she's dealing with, too. So uh, well-rounded character, I thought. Uh, one thing that took me out a little bit was having Felicia Rashad play uh, Marianne, just because, you know, she's Mrs. Cosby or Huxtable rather <laughs> always be. Cause I grew up in the eighties. Um, but the fact that Sylvia meals, who was the original Mrs. Creed in Rocky two and Rocky four, she had died in 2011. So she yeah. wasn't available. It wasn't like a recast just, you know, for the sake of recasting. But I absolutely yeah. love Felicia Rashad in here. I, I do too. I think she's great her. in this. You know what the reason is, is because I think all those years watching her in the Cosby show, where she had to discipline her kids or she had to have conversations and do the angry mom tone Yep. and to hear her talk to young Apollo or young Adonis Creed when he was young and talking to him and kind of purse her lips a few times or when he's older, purse her lips yep. a couple times. And, and I thought, Oh my gosh, here comes the Claire Huxtable. Yep. Here's a speech. Here's a comment. Here's a dig. You, you better, Oh, you're in trouble now. You yeah. Know, she does such a great job. I think she is a next level talent. And I think that Huxtable role she played just made her she's so incredible in this movie yeah she's america's mom Corey. yes um so we talked i mean we've talked about hero's journey already it's very much a mirror of rocky's journey uh and it's we know world building the biggest thing i had was does it work on its own and i think we've established that yes it does work on its own so um let's talk let's talk final thoughts justin why don't you tell us what do you think Final thoughts on Creed. Um, well, I'm going to watch the next one and then I'm going to watch the prequels. I don't know if they're considered prequels, but I'm going to watch them. They are to me in my generation. Yeah. But um, no, I like I said, I it's rare that a movie puts me on the edge of my seat and like gets my heart pumping. And this was this was that movie. But I think a lot of it is because it takes the time to set up the characters it takes time to set up their motivations and then it, it lets you watch them fail over and over. And it feels so real that you're not even, you're not sure. Is he going to win? Um, it just, yeah. Fantastic film. I like it. And I didn't expect to. Nice. So I'm going to change my advice from last time before you watch Creed two, I highly recommend you watch Rocky one, two, three, and four. At least Rocky Four, yeah. 
You could but, skip Rocky Balboa you, and you could skip Rocky Five. But. Yeah, well, yeah, you could come back to those, but Rocky, Rocky, uh, Rocky Four is very informative for Creed Two. Like it is, like you kind of have to have seen that one. Just well, saying, I'll add it to the list. <laughs> Corey, and, what about and you? I, and I think there's some parallels to Rocky Three and Creed Three. I think, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Clever Lang and. Uh, I don't think it's Clever Lang's kid, though. It's not, but I think that just the well, yeah. level of scared I am for Creed. I'm like, oh my gosh, this movie's take some punishment. Brutal. Yeah. Um, Craig, I'm going to summarize everything with this for my for my wrap up here. Uh, I'm talking about a movie about a fighter determined to move past nothing, who gets his big shot, falls in love, trains hard, goes the distance, and becomes a classic underdog tale to become an ultimate underdog movie. Am I talking about Rocky or am I talking about Creed? <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm talking about both of them because yeah. they're the same thing. And I think that's what makes this movie great. I think you're, this movie is uh, a must-watch. You have to watch Rocky and you have to watch Creed. And this movie stands on its own, but it also pays homage and passes the torch from, from Rocky in such a great way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that initially I was not interested in this movie because it had been a while since I'd seen Rocky. I think I, I had seen Rocky V in the theater and that was the last Rocky movie I'd seen. I hadn't seen Rocky Balboa when this movie came out. And then I watched it at home. I think it was on Hulu. Jody and I watched it and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. Now I have to go back and revisit. And then, then I bought all the Rocky movies on Blu-ray and watched them all again. And it just kind of reinvigorated my love for the character and the series and just you know the way it and it's just a, it's a feel good movie. It's very inspiring inspiring. And it's just great to have Rocky back. And, and you know, that, you know, he's not in the third one, Creed three, but I think I'm going to try and say spoiler free for Justin rock. Uh, Creed two does a, good enough, does a good enough job of making that why it doesn't, he doesn't need to be in the third Creed movie. So it, it is kind of a, you know, you're on your, it's your journey now. It's, it's the Creed story. It's not the continuation of Rocky's journey so much, but this, like I said earlier, it's you know it's it's a reboot, it's a legacy sequel, it's a remake of Rocky, and I don't care that it's a remake of Rocky. I don't care that it ends pretty much the same way that Rocky One did because it's it feels authentic, and uh, I enjoyed the crap out of watching it this time. So I'm very much looking forward to watching Creed Three. That's the highest praise from Craig. Is enjoyed the crap out of. <laughs> that is. That's that's like top marks. Yeah, ten out of ten. There you go. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So before we wrap up, Craig's getting that wrap up voice. I think I have a question for our listeners. Those of you that follow us on social media that I'd like to discuss is this as well as star Wars episode seven are very similar in that they mirror what um, they mirror the movies that they're um, continuing continuing or, or rebooting or whatever they're doing. But it, in my opinion, this does a much better job of it than episode seven did to episode four of star Wars. Uh, why, why did that work? Why does this work? And star Wars doesn't. That's good. Or maybe question. star Wars does possibly you disagree and you love the, the seven, eight, nine. I don't know, but I'd like to, I'd like to discuss. Not yeah, that's an interesting media. question because they're, I mean, they released within a month of each other. So, you know, they're in production at the same time. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, an, that's interesting an interesting theory to take on right there, Justin. That's, that's not a one minute comment either. That could be a whole podcast show right there. 
We may have to Creed do a Legacy Star sequel Wars show. Episode seven. Why does Creed work in Star Wars Episode Seven? Does not. Mm-hmm. I have many yeah. thoughts, but I would. I'm going to save them. We should definitely chat about that in the uh, Facebook group as well. So as we close, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Email us at readingbetweenreels at gmail.com or use the SpeakPipe app on our website. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend about us. One last thing. Our next episode will be a review of Shazam. Send us an email or voicemail about your favorite moments from Shazam and we'll share it on the next episode. 